Hello and welcome to Convo Drop. In today's episode, we're going to talk about my first week in college and how exactly COVID-19 safety precautions have affected it and other stuff. Let's get into it. So when it comes to going back to college, I have to say the first week back was an utter, utter mess. Now, first of all, when you before you even start college, you have the induction. That happens like prior, a few weeks prior to the actual uh, the course happening. But we didn't have that. Instead, the first day back was the induction. So that was a pain. So we had to not only miss a lesson, but the ID that we normally would have gotten and everything, it took a little longer to get that. I normally we would have got it from the teacher, but we actually had to go get it ourselves, which did cause a little bit of a hassle, but not that much. Although the new, the hassle that is currently in place with college is the navigation. So how you would navigate now is, it's a one-way system. You can't just turn back and go. You have to go all the way around like you're in Mario Kart on a track. It, it's it's like that. And it's a little bit annoying, meaning that if you're going to go, if you need toilet during the lesson, you're going to probably spend like 20 minutes getting back to the lessons, whereas it could take like normally three minutes. It's absurd, but I understand why that has happened. Because you know one idiot will not obey by COVID-19 guidelines. They will just completely do whatever they want and it will cause an enormous headache for everyone. Like we already have people in America doing that. We already have people in the UK. And not only that, my own city is probably going to go under a lockdown again. So that's a little bit annoying that. Um, Honestly, we don't, with winter coming as well, we don't know exactly how exactly COVID-19 will affect everything because we don't really know how it works in winter. For all we know, it might be a lot easier, but slim chances of that happening. Most likely it's going to be a lot harder, but chances of getting the flu will be lowered because of the whole um, social distancing and face masks and everything. My major problem is when going to the actual college is the buses. That's the major problem for me, transportation. Normally, I always get the bus, but every time I go to that bus stop that I normally go to, the bus is always full, so I have to go all the way to town centre and catch the bus from there to get to college. I have to socially distance on the bus, which is already a compact place to be in. So that's really annoying as well. And the moment I got to the campus, right, Normally we have introduction fields before, except the day I actually go in my first week, that day that I go in for the very first time was my induction day. And that was immensely annoying. Now for you to understand why is because number one, every single time I go there, I apply for this application through the college, which will allow me to get a bus pass. Now, normally this, does work but for some reason 
the form that I had to fill out wasn't sent through, so I had to fill that out again. So that is a very annoying thing, I had to get that thing again and fill it out again. So I need to do that for a second time. Not only that, but for this course, I also need a phone that's working and my phone is busted. Now, by the time I recorded, I managed to fix it up, but that means I have to spend extra money on a new phone. Now, I'm happy I got the new phone. Thank God, I actually, I love it so much. Great camera and everything. But I hate that I had to do that. But I'm glad I did. But for college, I need needed this. I needed this because number one, it has a stylus, so I'm able to sign documents and stuff like that. Number two, it has USB Type C, meaning that I can use my laptop charger, my Switch charger, my earpods, not my earpods, um, my earbuds charger to actually charge it. So now I'm USB-C all around, except my camera, which will have to be replaced in 2024 with hopefully with something like the A7C, hopefully. But currently, I don't know what's going on with the college. I'm sorry about the rambling, but I'm getting back on topic now. So I don't know what's happening with my lessons. I'm doing remote learning at the moment which is a pain because it's a lot easier to learn when you're in the class because you have the teacher there. You don't have something in the middle, which is the internet connection, which by the way, could drop and you can miss things out. Luckily, a lot of the stuff we're doing is on OneDrive. So I'll just download that and I can do it. Except the operating systems that we're using at the college and the one I have at home are completely different. They're using Windows in college, I'm using Mac at home. Now, luckily, there are programs where they're both on, both OSs, except for the database, which is Microsoft Access, which is not available on Mac. For every reason, it's not available. Then you have Welsh Bat, which is a course where you just need your math and English and another GCC, and then you're, you you got it. As long as you did the coursework, you've got that qualification. That's the added qualification, easy pass to get, except I might not be able to do that because it's changing me over potentially because our class, the course itself, has too many people. It has 30 people in the class. The classroom maximum could be only 20. So that means people have to be moved out. The Korea College course has a slot for 14 people. So 14 people have to go into that course. If no one chooses to go into it, they will be forced to move some people. And that's going to be the people who has their maths and English. And I am one of those people. I'm one of those people who are going to be forced to change their subject because of the lack of room. And that's annoying to me. I didn't pick the career college course. I picked the IT level three course. I shouldn't have to change course because of the college inability to pack the students in one room. And I understand because of COVID-19, but standard, they shouldn't really be doing this. If we're going to do remote learning, that's a lot easier, isn't it? And most of the subjects we're doing now are remote learning, but once, I guess once this whole pandemic is over, they're going to be wanting people to back, get back into the classroom. And they probably have to sort that out now. That's why they must be moving people over to the career college course. Now, the career college course is lacking certain things. Like I said, the Welsh back, but it's also missing the unit, one unit, which is the database unit. And, in, and the thing that you get as compensation is working with companies. 
But the thing is, the change from Ralph Pack to a Goreg means that you're losing a, a certain amount of UCAS points because Rashback is at A level, whereas a Goreg might not be. We don't know yet, we haven't been told. Not only that, the timetable will change drastically, whereas today, I am, I on this week, this is for every single week, um, Mondays, I'm in there from 9, 20 past 9 to 20 past 4. For every other day, I'm in 9 to about 1.15. 1.15, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That's it. That's how many days I'm in. And that's good because that means I have more time during Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and Friday to do my own stuff. I can do my own stuff during that time, but I can't do that if this timetable change. Because I just applied for a job. And if that happens, then that's going to affect my work router once I potentially get that job. That's what's going to happen. Hopefully, I do get a job as well. I do hope that. But the college thing is drastically going to be affecting me the most. I don't know whether or not it's going to be affecting the other students. I haven't, I haven't talked to them about it yet. But literally, no one in the class wants to do it. Everyone wants to do the IT level 3 course and not the Agoric course. Not the, uh, not the Agoric, the career college course. No one wants to do that. And that's a problem for them. They have to force, forcefully remove students from the IT level 3 course into the career college course because they don't have enough room in the IT level 3 course. But by doing so, I'm losing out on UCAS points that I need for university. Which, by the way, UCAS points is like EXP to get into university they don't sometimes they just want something similar around something that could be rounded to that number or sometimes there are universities which like you have to have this amount or you're not getting in that's just how it is it annoys me that it's like that but i don't have any control over it and that it really irks me it, it just irks me so much it, annoying just uh it wouldn't really happen with COVID. I don't think it would have happened with COVID nineteen, but it probably would have. Just a classroom change, probably not the remote learning bit, but COVID nineteen does not help at all. So last minute thing was added in. So recently, Sony added a new line to their cameras, which is the A seven C. So what this is is it stands for. A7 Compact, so this is a full-frame camera in a APS-C body. So the specifications of which this camera has is a 24.2 megapixel BSI XMOR CMOS sensor, the latest uh, Beyond's X imaging processor, in lightweight compact full-frame system, brings together Sony full frame APS-C cameras which is understandable because it is a full frame sensor in a APS-C body so if you're someone like me who's coming from, from APS-C this is definitely a camera perfect for someone who loves the form factor of those APS-C 6000 cameras but wants to get a full frame camera but doesn't want to sacrifice the compact form factor so the newly designed compact 5-axis in-body opt optical stabilization is another feature. So it has optical stabilization, which is found in the A6500 and A6600 
but isn't found in any other version of the A6000 cameras. Not the 5000 cameras or the Nexus, or the, yeah, the Nexus cameras. Uh, no, it's not the Nexus, uh, NEX camera, sorry. Nexus, I, I don't know why I said that. But the ISO range for this new A, A7C is a ISO 100 to 51,200, which can be expanded to fifth ISO 50 to 200,000, 4,800, which is a very large range for an ISO. And this is a camera which not only has that, but up to 15 stops of dynamic range. You can utilize the four frame lens that Sony cameras have and not experience any crop factor at all. So a 35 millimeter will be a 35 millimeter. You won't have a 2.5 times crop, which will bring it to a 50 mil. You won't have that at all. You will have a straight up 50 mil. If you put a 50 mil on, so it is a 35 millimeter size sensor. You also have the fast hybrid AF with real time touch tracking, real time IAF and real time tracking with human and animals. The wide coverage of a 609 phase detection with 425 contrast detection. And the best thing is it's a 4K 30p, 4K 30p camera sensor but it has 6k oversampling with four with a four pixel readout so what this means is that it's actually a 6k sensor but it downscales it down to 4k so it retains all the detail from 6k but samples over the 4k readout so it has higher quality it's why 1080p video looks a lot better if you set it to 720p. That's why a lot of YouTube videos that are filmed in 4K are oftentimes put down to 1080p because it looks better. The camera does offer 120p recording in 1080p, so if you want something that is 120p, you have to film in 1080p. It also uses the 8 bit X AVCS, making video editing a lot easier if you're using something like Final Cut Pro or Premiere or DaVinci Resolve. So it's a standard Kodak for video making, for filmmaking, I mean. So if you are someone who likes filmmaking, you could do that. This also offers S-Log 3 and S-Log 2, so you could color grade as well. For those who also video a lot, maybe if you're a vlogger, this bit might be the best thing for you. It's a side opening multi uh, Vi angle LCD screen. So what this means is that it's the ever so glorious open from the side screen. So you can make vlogs with this if you want. So if you're casing nice that this is definitely the camera for you. This also uses the Z type battery so you not only have the beautiful quality image from a 6K sensor that's oversampled 4K readout but you also have a great battery life and a compact form factor. So it's a win-win, except one bad thing about this is the fact that the price tag for this for the body alone, so no lens comes with it, is 1,800 and 2,000 for a lens that comes with it, which is an F4. 
28 to 60, which isn't really good for blocking. You need at least a 20. A lot of people often go with 24, but that's not really good either. So maybe a 16-30 would have been a better option. I don't know what Sony was thinking, but they probably think that people who vlog already probably already have these cameras and have the lenses already. So fair enough. Now, sadly, I bought a A6300 last year. So I won't be able to upgrade and plus the price tag alone is not suitable for me. I'm someone who cannot afford such a thing like this, even though this is perfect for me because I want in a full frame sensor in that compact form factor. But obviously I can't afford it and I already have a camera. So I probably will upgrade to this in 2024, which will be five years after my purchase of the A6300. It will also be the time when I'm going to have to upgrade my laptop as well. So most likely I'm going to choose the camera first and then later on do the laptop. But in all honesty, I actually think this is the best move from Sony. Now the, the viewfinder is in the same place. Everything's in the same place as usual for the APS-C type stuff for this body. But the only difference is if the sensor type is a higher quality four frame sensor. So I definitely think a lot of travel photographers will go for this. A lot of bloggers and filmmakers who like having a minimal uh, small compact camera will love this as well. It makes it easier to get into places as well because it clearly looks like a compact camera. It doesn't look like a SLR camera at all. So it's going to be a lot easier to get into places with this camera if you have a small lens attached to it. So kudos to Sony for doing this. One good thing about this camera as well is that the SD card slot is on the side, not in the battery compartment. So that's another good thing. It also has USB Type-C, which is amazing. Now, one thing that annoys me so much about my A6300 is that it's micro USB. That camera came out in 2016, when in 2015, Apple came out with the 12-inch MacBook Pro, which had USB Type-C. So this means this A7C is the only APS-C body camera that has a USB-C output. Now that's probably why Sony has chosen to put full frame into this. They probably want to have only the full frame lineup to have a USB-C and the APS-C to have micro USB, therefore encouraging people to go to the full frame line. And this is probably going to be the camera that a lot of people will get in a few years time once the price drops. I see this dropping significantly, mainly due to the price of the body being 1800 1800 um, £1,800 is pretty cheap for a body alone. So once, especially brand new, because normally they cost about three, 200000 maybe four, £3,000. So with this being at the price tag it is, Sony probably wants to let it, just drop in value and then market it to hell after that because that's probably when a lot of people will be buying this camera my me myself included i will buy that once the price drops into a more affordable price bracket for myself that's what i'm going to do because usb type c is something i love my phone uses it my um, earbuds use it my switch uses it my laptop uses it it's just my camera that doesn't use it and that's annoying as hell so once that changes it's gonna be good now obviously i'm gonna sell the old camera by the time i get this one so that's gonna be good 
So, hope, fingers crossed, this happens. There is videos of this camera in action by Jared Poland and Chris Howe and Lizzie Graham, I think her name is, last name is. A lot of people are getting this camera already in hands. I know um, I Justine will definitely 100% get this because she has been in love with the Sony line. So having this camera is definitely a great thing for someone who does YouTube as well. It's especially tech YouTube because you're going to be going to conventions a lot. So having a compact camera like this, which is able to do S-Log and is a full frame camera is a heaven on earth. So. Apple also had their event recently where they showed off the new products and one of the big things is the iPad Air update, the iPhone update and the Mac. So main thing is the iPad and the phone and then secondary you have the Mac. So we're going to go in this in order by important. But one important thing that you should consider is that Apple for now on is going to go for a zero admission process now for their, all their products. So they're not going to have a carbon footprint at all by the end of 2030. That's their plan. So they're trying to eliminate all carbon emissions or minimize them, I believe, to their best extent. So this is definitely amazing for Apple to do because they are one of the biggest manufacturers of technology around. So with them eliminating their carbon emissions along with Google as of recently, it's going to impact the world greatly. In terms of the Apple Watch, they came out with a new color, which are blue and red. So that's quite nice because I know a lot of people quite like their red edition iPhones. So now they have a red edition Apple Watch to go with it. Now the blue version is a quite a lovely blue, uh, being midnight blue. So if you are a big person that likes blue, then that watch is for you. They also updated the um, black version to be graphite. So it's like a nice metal color. And they also updated the gold. In terms of actual specification wise, Apple Watch Series 6 that could measure your blood oxygen levels. So if you're someone who says uh, have an underlying condition which relies on blood oxygen levels, then that will be very helpful for you to understand when exactly you need to take that medication that you prescribed. So that is very helpful for people who have to take medication depending on their blood oxygen level. This all happens within 15 seconds and also does it periodically in the background. So if you're someone who can't bother activating it all the time, then it's good because this watch could do it for you. Not obviously periodically, it won't happen every second or every minute, but it's good. The chipset in the Series 6 is based on the 12 Bionic, but obviously it optimized for the watch. So it means that you can get better battery life and the always on display will be on there for longer. And when the always on display as well also does auto brightness so it could go brighter when you're outdoors and when your wrist is down, dim down, but when you bring it up, it brightens up basically like that type of stuff. It also has other features such as elevation readers, so if you're 
say a mountain hiker uh, measure the elevation levels that you go up to if you're a photographer as well there's a watch face which will tell you the position of the sun if you're a surfer there will be a watch face that will give you the information that's required for the waves if you're a doctor it will also give you a watch face that will tell you not only the time but also your schedule as well so they really are going more into the usability of the watch faces and how people could get benefits from them by having custom-made ones such as this. They also released a new watch band, so it's literally just a single loop. There's no clasp, no buckle. It's literally as if you just took a regular bracelet with that you just slip on, but it's for your watch. It's literally what it is, which is perfect for those who say go to the gym a lot and they don't want their uh, watch strap to catch on something so that would be very useful for those type of people it's also really good for swimmers as well because it'll be it'll probably have a tighter grip so it'll, it is good in that aspect though yeah it's really good in that aspect there are multiple colors available for the single loop strap and they also do a braided version they also do a new leather strap as well, which connects via magnets. So if you're interested in that, that's for you. They also do this thing called family setup. So what is, if you're a parent and you want to get a well, Apple Watch for your kid, you could pair up their Apple Watch to your phone and also have your Apple Watch pay to your phone. So the kids version will literally allow you to send messages to the kid, track the kid, and stuff like that. They also have the Apple Watch features, such as health tracking and the rings. So if you want to know if your child is exercising, then that will, type of data will also show up as well. Now, you have to have a, a phone number in order for it to work. Um, for uh, the phone numbers, it's depending on the carriers in your country. In the UK, I know EE supports it, so if you're an EE person, then that's good for you. Now, this is obviously only available in mainland China, France, Germany, Hong Kong, Japan, Poland, Spain, Switzerland, Taiwan, Thailand, United Kingdom, and the US. So if you're living in those countries, then you can have this. So that's very useful for people like you. If you're living in this country, those countries obviously I live in the UK so this is available for me but I don't use an Apple watch so this is not really important to me now they also offer a SE version which is the more affordable option for the Apple watch so this uses an S Apple watch s5 chipset and still offers some features that are found in the regular Apple watch just the ba the basics but a little bit watered down because it's older, obviously the older chipset. So the starting price for that is 280. So that's that, that's an option, but there's also a financing option where you pay $12 um, a month. But if you're in the UK or whatever country, where that will be in your currency, will probably be here in the UK, it will be £12 a month, most likely. And obviously C Series 6 is about double the price, which adds $600 or £600. Apple is also offering a, uh, 
a service called Fitness Plus, which is basically, it's very similar, it's basically a catalogue of workout videos that you, you basically work out to. That's literally what it is. So you select it on your phone and your Apple Watch will track you, track the calories, heart rate, uh, every duration and be, you basically have to match it up basically. That's literally what it is. That's literally what it is. So if you're someone who quite likes them old VHS tapes, workout videos, then this is perfect for you in this modern era. Apple also offers a new payment method called Apple One. So what this literally is, it has all the Apple services in one. So you pay this one service and you get all the Apple services. Apple Music, Apple um, iCloud, Apple TV, those type of stuff. So that's literally what Apple One is. In terms of the iPad, the 8th generation of iPad still has Touch ID and it also comes with the um, A12 Bionic chip which has 4 cores for the GPU and 6 cores for the CPU. You have a 10.2 retina display, smart, um, smart keyboard support and Apple Pencil support. Now the Pencil support is the image that they show in the keynote is the old one. So I presume that the old one is a supported version and not the new one. The starting price for it is um, 330 but it could be down to 299 for the educational version. So if you're someone who's buying it for, say, a school, you work in a school and you're buying all the iPads and everything, 299 for that. And then if it's a regular customer, it'll be 330 So 330 for a regular customer. In terms of the iPad Air, they redesigned the entire thing to make it more like the iPad Pro. So the iPad Pro design philosophy for the iPad Air, it, now what this means as well is that the designs and is a lot more boxy. They also offer a lot more colours, so they offer like a, like a nice light green to it. And it, the, the resolution for it is a 20, 2360 by 1640, so there's quite a big resolution there. So if you're someone who likes watching movies or reading on your iPad, then that's really good. It's a high definition um, retina display, so that's also a good thing to have. They also bring Touch ID back in the touch button. Um, not the touch button, the power button. So they put the touch ID sensor into the actual power button now. So since they're doing that to the iPad with the power button now, most likely they're going to be bringing it back to the iPhones by putting it into the power button as well. Now Samsung, they have their touch ID sensors underneath the display, but I guess Apple wants something a lot more faster than that. And that's why they're putting it into the power button. Now LG did put their touch ID sensors into their power buttons, but how that turned out, it oftentimes broke down on them. Like that's what happened to my old LG phone. So hopefully with Apple, they don't have any breakdown problems with the power button also being the touch ID sensor. So hopefully that's not a problem with it. In terms of chipset, the iPad Air uses the A14, like the A12 that's found in the regular iPad. So the A14 has four core for the GPU. So if you're someone who does a lot of photography stuff, like myself, then that's good. 
the CPU cores are uh, no, they haven't really said anything about that yet, but most likely they will mention it in the iPhone review event. Now, the way they made the chip they used a five nanometer processor, most likely the how efficient this processor will be is a lot better than a lot of ones that are found in the actual computers. So, the starting price for that is five ninety nine and is available next month. Now, the iPad. It is a lot like the iPad Pro now, so you're able to use the floating keyboard, you're able to use the Apple Pencil, you're able to video edit, you're able to photo edit, so a lot of the features are from the iPad Pros are found in the new iPad Air, but a little bit watered down in terms of power. Now you do also have USB Type-C, so that's another good thing. So USB Type-C is found in the iPad Air, but not in the regular iPad it seems. So, only time will tell when the iPhone real event comes out that we will see uh, either USB-C in the iPhone or Lightning in the iPhone. I'm hoping that Apple just drops the Lightning altogether and go completely with USB Type-C like they've done with the iPad Pro, the Max and hopefully and now the iPad Air, and hopefully soon the iPhone. But in terms of Mac, we haven't really got anything, and I think that's most likely because it's come. They're coming out towards the end of the month, so by the end of September, you're looking to see all the new iPad, the all the new Macs with Apple-based ARM chips. So the, these chips, as we don't know how they will perform, but hopefully once they come out and it will take about two three years for the, for the arm chips to take into place but it will be a lot better you run iphone apps on your mac then so hopefully fingers crossed with all the stuff they revealed so far that the iphone will get usb type c so the iPhone was nowhere to be seen in this event, sadly. That was a drop for today. Convo Drop is on Twitter for you to follow at Convo Drop C O N V O D R O P. You can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Castbox, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Spotify, and not to mention Anchor. Production for this podcast is done through Anchor, which is the easiest way to make a podcast with just your phone. Now, that's all for today, and I hope you liked today's episode, and I'll see you in the next one. Peace.